listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. Thank you guys. Thank you so much. Um, wow. Yeah. Happy birthday to me. Thanks. So hello everyone. Um, you know, Thank you for introducing me, Jason. I haven't been here for a few weeks, so I wouldn't blame you guys if you don't recognize me. I've been really, really busy with work, and um, it's kind of funny this week I get to preach on, on community when I haven't been in community much lately, so um, it's kind of funny and ironic sometimes how we get to preach on things that we need to work on. So um, I, haven't, I've been, I haven't been around. It's not because I've just been, you know, ditching or anything. I've been, um, work has been getting, getting really bu- busy in the last few weeks. I mean, October for me is like, conference month, and I've literally been from, uh, where was I, Rancho Mirage at the beginning of this month, um, and I went, to, uh, I went to Carlsbad for a couple, a few days, I was gone for about three or four days in Carlsbad, and then I went to uh, Otay Mesa, that's about as far south and still be in America as possible, um, uh, in, in, and then I was actually in uh, Boston last weekend, so that's where I was last weekend, Adrian got to go with me for that one, that was nice. Um, and, and, and it was it was a great time, you know. But it was a conference. It was work. It wasn't just fun. So I wasn't on vacation. And then this w- yesterday, I was actually in Hollywood all day. So um, at another conference, I'm supposed to be there right now, but uh, um, I, I ditched on that. So um, you know, it, it's been it's been great. Uh, you know, kind of getting some, some, some uh, filled up with my knowledge and all these conferences, but I've been missing you all, and uh, absence makes the heart grow fonder, I guess, so um, I'm so excited to be here today, so if you've, if you guys, I have been listening to the podcast, though, if you guys, if you've missed anything, just definitely go check out the podcast last weekend, um, I know Jason preached about, uh, about silence and that, that, uh, that really touched me, and I, I need that in my life right about now, after this, this last month. So um, we're all going through a series on, on spiritual disciplines. That kind of sounds like a church word, so it, we call this habits of grace, um, because it's not, about, um, it's not about things that we have to do to get to God, but these, these habits, these, these, are, these are not like a checklist from, uh, from God to say, oh, you know, we're good enough now because we're doing these things. It's so really what we're talking about with these habits of grace, and if we had a, uh, you know, a, a screen back there, it would, it, would be, it would be up there, but there's a river of grace that God is pouring out to us, and we want to position ourselves in the path of that grace, and there's some ways that, that through the years and through, through history and through the Bible, we see that we can get in the, in, into that um, pathway of God's grace, and uh, the grace that only God provides to us. And those are the habits that we're trying to talk about in the next, uh, over the past several weeks and, and over the next few weeks as well. So, um, and I think today that the, the, the topic that we're going to talk about is vital to all of believers. And in fact, I believe a lot of times when we, we long for the spiritual wholeness, that, 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 that there's a hole in our heart, um, it's this discipline of community and this discipline of, of fellowship that, uh, that really brings us back um, to God. And you might have heard me say this before, but I don't really like the word fellowship. Um, you know, Ricardo loves the word fellowship. Um, some, some people just kind of used to that word fellowship. Uh, to me, fellowship reminds me of the Lord of the Rings, and I'm not a big fan of the Lord of the Rings. 
And I just lost all of my nerd points. I know, totally. I'm a doctor, but I don't like Lord of the Rings. I don't like sci-fi movies. But, and also, actually, fellowship reminds me of when I was a kid in, in Fellowship Hall. How many of you guys grew up in church? And uh, the Fellowship Hall was where we would go, kind of smelled bad, and there was usually potlucks there. And the potlucks, they would like bring this food that kind of looked like, I don't know, characters from Lord of the Rings or something. So... <laughs> And it made me sick. Um, so, anyhow, uh, this, this stuff kind of has this, this connotation to me. So fellowship is, is a great word. T- trust me, it's, it's in the Bible, so it's okay. But, um, but I just like the word community because, it, to me, it speaks to really what, what we're going to talk about today. Um, so whatever your background, we long for community, right? When we have the most trouble in our own lives, the, po- the importance of community, it's that vital way to connect back to our Heavenly Father, sometimes nudge us back to the grace that He pours out to us. But often things stand on the way of community, right? Like I said, there are times or seasons when we're all just so busy. Our schedules fill up with important things like, like family or work or kids, you know, who have places to go and people to see and Look, I, like I said, I'm guilty of this as well, so, so I'm not, I kind of need to preach to myself today, but our family sometimes even has a hard time fitting everything in. I'm sure you guys feel the same way, but maybe you're like me, you know, you find ways to prioritize the busyness over meeting together with other believers for the purpose of kind of encouraging each other and, and sharpening each other. You know, worshiping together today and on Sundays and listening to the mu- um, singing music together, praising God together. Sometimes we just find other things that are busy and, and we prioritize them over, over meeting together. And sometimes, you know, just listening to some guy up here preach for two hours is, you know, just too much. So I won't do that today. Two hours, we got, it's 11, oh, they fixed the clock. It's not, I thought it was 12, 13, so you guys, when I got, I would have gotten out of here really quick then. <laughs> So maybe you're an introvert. Actually, I'm an introvert. You would be surprised to know that. But um, there's other people that are more introverted than me. And it's, uh, um, sometimes it's hard to get into community, right? Where you kind of feel a little awkward, just kind of go into some group or some church gathering even like this and talking to people. It, as an introvert, sometimes being around people drains you. And it's hard to be, take that first step and be vulnerable with people about your faith. And I mean, about these big questions in life, it's hard to open up about that. And you get a lump in your throat kind of thinking about sharing in a group or praying in front of people. I get it. I know, I know how it feels. And sometimes, like, the thought of getting into a grow group and, and just talking about your faith for an hour and a half just feels like too much. But why, why do we need this? Why do we need community? What does God say about these, the spiritual disciplines of community And how can we take heart those biblical principles and apply them to our own lives to be filled up more with God's amazing grace that he offers through his son, Jesus Christ? You see, Jesus had a vision for the church. And in following Jesus, the early church, the, the church that just started right after Jesus left them, they set up this structure of covenant relationships. And covenant was super important in, in, in those times. Covenant meant that I have your back. Um, 
And it also meant God has our back. Um, and those, those, those covenant relationships, those small groups that, that met early on in the church, it was, it was a place where people could bring, like people who were church people, people who were new to the church, and people who weren't even sure about this thing that was like what we call now Christianity, but was kind of like a, a weird, almost a, like a cult to them at that time. So, so there's all these types of people that would meet together in homes, and they would discuss their faith. And that's how the early church worked, and that's what, that's what the early church was all about. And, and we're going to examine a few uh, a few scriptures today that aren't going to be on the screen, that are going to be in your Bibles or your apps. Um, so I'm going I'm to give you a few seconds to turn to them. First, we're going to look at Hebrews 10, verses 24 through 25. So Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. I remember pastors always talked about, um, you know, liking to hear the flipping of the pages in your Bibles, but they there's none, none of that anymore. It's just touching, the, touching your screens. It's pretty cool. Um, but it's silent out there, but... So in Hebrews 10, it says this in the NIV version, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. There is a day approaching, right? Um, Well, not, not the election day. I wasn't talking about that. Definitely go out and vote, don't, but that's not the day I was talking about. But in those times, the day approaching, and even in these times today, we know that Jesus is coming back. But even then, even back then, when they, when they knew, they, many of these people had seen Jesus rise from the dead, they, they, um, they got out of the habit of meeting together to encourage each other. That habit is the word that we're talking about throughout this series. It's called Habits of Grace for a reason. You probably, I mean, I think we've talked a few times about the, this book that we're all kind of going through together called Habits of Grace by David Mathis. And if you haven't looked at it or haven't read it, um, it's great. It has a lot more detail than we're able to get through in 35 minutes here on Sunday mornings. But it's got a lot of, of great detail about, um, about the scripture and, and about uh, disciplines and how we can continue to make them real and, and, and live, alive in our lives. And it's totally free, and just Google uh, Habits of Grace, the series name on our, on our, uh, on our, uh, on Desiring God, the Desiring God website, and it's a PDF file. You can download it to your phone and uh, read through it. It's great. But, um, but I love the concept of habits. Um, habits for me, I mean, we have habits of brushing our teeth, right, and habits of, uh, you know, maybe working out most of the time. I used to have that habit, and then I lost that habit when I broke my hand, so I've got to get back into that habit. But, but habits are super important, and, uh, and at that time, in, in, in the author of, when the author of Hebrews was talking about, um, about meeting together like this, uh, it was probably easy to fall out of the habit of going, meeting together, right? I mean... It was pretty scary going to going to a meeting place where where you're going to be looked at because you're, you're, the church was being persecuted and so it was a lot easier kind of to say like oh you know I don't think I'm going to go to church this morning is you know I might get killed um, whatever your politics um, thank God in America regardless of what happens in our elections thank God that we have 
the ability to be free and worship each other, but worship each, with each other, not each other. Don't worship each other. Um, so we don't have that excuse, right? We don't have the excuse of being able to being persecuted uh, necessarily for for meeting together here in America. And so, but we still get out of the habit of meeting together, and um, and like I said, it's a lot of times it's just the busyness of life. But, um, but in the early church, as it is today, we need to spur each other on. The reason we meet together, not, even on, not just on Sunday mornings, but, on, but in, in, in our homes, is to really encourage each other, to stir up that faith in each other, to, to really encourage each other to live out the radical love that we all believe we need to spread throughout the community of Redlands and beyond. And so I'm going to go back to Hebrews again in Hebrews 3, verse 12 through 13. I'll give you a second to get to that one. Um, Hebrews 3, 12 through 13. The writer of Hebrews also says this, and he's talking to Hebrews, so he's talking to church people here, people that were previously, you know, you would, would have been, um, would have been the Jewish, uh, Jewish um, religion. It's not, not people that are non-church people. He says this, see to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God but encourage one another daily, so there's the encouragement again, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. So there's the words there in that passage that talk about sin and about deceitfulness, about turning away from God. And it's, it's not for outsiders, but it's for insiders. It's really talking about these, you know, when you, what is the purpose of, of kind of keeping in community? And the author of Hebrews here is saying that purpose is sometimes to keep people accountable and keep people in check and keep us all um, on, our, on the path towards, uh, towards righteousness, towards, you know, the, the, the righteousness that Jesus can bring. And um, I think it's interesting. Have you ever noticed when you think about the worst mistakes that you've ever made in your life? Anybody have some of those in their lives where you're like, oh, I wish I hadn't done that? Um, or, yeah, that weekend was pretty bad. Uh, I shouldn't have, probably, shouldn't have probably been there. I shouldn't have probably done that. Um, you know, maybe it was somebody you hurt and you, had, you made a decision that, right, like now you, you can't really make up for. There's always something in our lives that we think about and we're like, gosh, I, wouldn't have, I wish I hadn't done that. And if you think back about it, there was probably someone in your life who saw it coming, right? Somebody in your life saw it coming, but maybe they weren't really willing to, to step up and say, hey, that's not a good idea. You know, that's not what God would want for you. Um, there's probably those I told you so moments in your life. And see, community and being in, in small groups together and meeting together in homes and, and is, is where that kind of covenant relationship, that ability to say, I'm going to speak into your life. That's where that comes from. You can't do that on a Sunday morning, right? I can't come up to Carlos and say, hey, man, you got to stop that. Not necessarily um, on a Sunday morning because this kind of feels weird, right? Awkward out in, the, out in the open. But when you're in a small group, when you, when you know these people intimately, that's where we're able to really make, keep, keep us, keeps ourselves accountable. So the early church they, they met together not only to encourage each other, but to, but to keep each other accountable and to keep each other from falling away from the truth and the grace of the living God, the good news of Jesus, that gospel message. 
And this is why we meet together at homes in grow groups. And I know that sometimes I might sound like a broken record because it seems like I come up here and I mention grow groups a lot, but I think it's so important because getting together in community in small groups where I can be vulnerable, it's really important. And I'm preaching to myself right now because, you know, these guys know I, don't, I haven't been there for a few weeks, for several weeks, because it gets so busy. And, and I know that I need it. Because we, we need these kinds of covenant relationships, these relationships that give people the courage to speak into each other's lives. And those relationships which you might need right now for encouragement, right? You might be feeling down, feeling like you can't, you can't keep doing it. You need encouragement in your faith. That's where you get it. Or you maybe are about to make a bad decision, you're thinking about making a, a decision, and you need counsel, you need somebody to speak into your life. And those, again, those relationships don't just happen on Sunday morning. They don't just happen in rows, they happen in circles. And so I just want to continue to encourage you to get into a group. And again, the missions, we believe that the church is not about Sunday mornings. It's about doing life together. It's about living in community together. And Jesus, he loved that. He, he, he thought of the church as his bride. And he's in love with this life-giving community that we have. And we don't want to miss it. So you might say, well, if, if grow groups are so important, then why even come on Sunday morning? Yeah, right? I mean, I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> I'm glad you asked, though. It's a, this, is, this, is, this is my favorite part. <laughs> so you might have noticed here at the mission that we sing songs. Sometimes we have a screen, but, but sometimes, and we have cool lights, and uh, we sing songs, and we listen to a sermon on Sunday morning. Sometimes we do communion, sometimes we do other, other things, but generally, we do, we sing songs, and we listen to a sermon, and we go to lunch. And I have a secret for those of you who have never been to church before except here at the mission. If you go to any other church, probably in the whole world, you're pretty much going to do the same thing. You're going to sing some songs and, and listen to a sermon and go to lunch. Um, you might have different ways of doing it. You might kneel down and stand up and sit down and you know, raise your hands in a different way. You might play different instruments. They might not be drums. There might be, I don't know, uh, organs. Or there might be handbells. I remember those times when I used to have hand. Anybody else remember handbells? There might be different dress codes. People might wear a tie. Might go to church on a different day. But in general, that's basically what Sunday mornings have always been about. Why would that be? It's about singing songs and, 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 and listening to a sermon. Because these are actually spiritual disciplines. It's something that we do, we get in the habit of, and it fills us up. How many of you guys go to concerts, go to rock concerts, or go to any concerts? I don't care if it's, you know, good. So we've all, many of us have been to a concert. And one of, one of my favorite concerts was actually a U2 concert. I, I don't go to many concerts, honestly, actually, as I, I play in concerts more than I like, listen to them. But um, it was a, a U2 concert in the Rose Bowl a few years back. And the Rose Bowl's huge, and there's 100,000 people at this thing. Um, I don't know if anybody remembers the concert. It was, you know, maybe some of you might have been there, but it was the, the, um, uh, the 360 tour. 
And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd grown up listening to U2, those guitar riffs, the vocals, that, uh, just the lyrics that just kind of touch your heart. And, um, you know, they're not a Christian band, as, you know, as, as, as you might say, but there's something about those lyrics that, that really speak to me sometimes. And, and it got to me when we were, we were in that arena of 100,000 people singing these songs at the top of our lungs. And it just, like... It touched me in a way that was spiritual. Like, there were tears running down my face because I, I thought about it and I thought, you know, this is, I mean, trust me, you two, they're not, they're not a worship band or anything, but, but this must, must be what heaven's like in some little way. We were born, we were created to worship together in community. We were born there's something in our heart that longs for that communion with singing and praise. And I'm not trying to say that a U2 concert is nearly the same thing as a worship service, but, but that God created us for the purpose of connecting to him through that act of corporate worship together. And that's th- that same sense of astonishment that I felt in the Rose Bowl is what, what John, uh, one of the original apostles, he, he, he talked about this in the book of Revelation, and we'll, we'll turn to that now, Revelation 7, verses 9 to 10. And it describes this scene that's in the future, and it's describing heaven, and, and it's describing the scene that we can all look forward to if we believe in Jesus. So, Again, Revelation 7, 9 through 10, it says this. After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne, before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, and and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. You see, we, we were born to worship together. It's our destiny. And we've, we've talked about the more personal habits of grace over the past five or six weeks here. But this is the pinnacle of why we exist, to exalt the name of God together in one voice for eternity. And regardless of what tribe or tongue or nation or denomination or political party or anything, we're born to be united with one voice to praise the name Jesus. And we are called to worship him. And I love you too, but the power of that experience that I had that day it actually pales into comparison to what happens when I'm here on Sunday morning. I mean, those are the moments that, that touch me. And those are the moments that connect me to God and His grace. When we do, join together with our voices of, you know, there's only, you know, 60 or 70 of us in this room at a time, but that voice together pleases God to no end. And it's really something you don't want to miss. Because we want to give God all the admiration that he deserves 
And we want to put ourselves in this position, this posture, to be recipients of his grace because we're praising him, we're putting him first. It's amazing and it's supernatural and it, it gives us the sense of connection to God and with each other. And it's not possible to do this on our own. I mean, a lot of people say, ah, I don't need to go to church. I've got, I can do this at home. That, you can't do at home. I mean, you can watch it on the web. You can sing songs. You can put the music on in your car. But there's something about connecting together on a Sunday morning, singing those songs together that we were made for. And I don't want you to miss out on the blessing of that corporate worship. So finally, let's just get to the final part of this community piece, this this final habit that we're going to talk about today. And this one's a little awkward because, I don't know, uh, because I'm preaching (laughs) and and I'm like trying to say, yeah, let's listen to the sermon and I'm the preacher today and I'm, it's like, so listen to me. Um, It's kind of meta in a way. Does anybody understand meta? My wife wants me to explain that. So Meta is like inception, where you're kind of like watching yourself talk about yourself. It's really strange. So anyways, it's very (laughs) awkward for me to talk like this. And I totally get that you guys might think, uh, I mean, at least I do this. I I listen to sermons, and I, I, I pick apart like, oh, I like that guy's jokes, or that guy dances around too much on stage, or I don't know, he, he, he tells, I, you know, there's always people's personal preferences, so I totally get that if you don't, if you don't like what I have to say, um, you know, this might make not any sense, but anyways, don't worry, next week there'll be somebody else up here, so you're fine. <laughs> but in the end, I think the thing is that, that God speaks to those who stand up on this stage, whether, whether you, <laughs> you like us or not, um, and, and that's, and that's, that's true, and it's true because, because I, I, I'm weak. <laughs> I'm not that great at this. Um, this is not what I thought I would, would be doing, but God's calling us to do this because, um, because we're in a place that we need this. Um, and and, and I, I don't know why I'm up here, but um, I know that, I, that God speaks to me because I have... In reality, I actually have writer's block. Um, it's just kind of a funny thing to know, to know. but I, I actually, if I write an email that's like two paragraphs long, sometimes it takes me two or three hours just to write something super simple because I'm so worried about what other people might think about how I, what I'm saying. And, um, and I know that, that when I write these sermons that are like 3,000 words long, if it was me <laughs> preaching this stuff, um, it would take me months to write this. <laughs> so, um, so I know that these words come out of me, not because of me, but because God is speaking through me. So, um, so that's how I actually know that this is, this is, this is Jesus speaking, not me. Um, you know, I'm used to kind of talking in front of people. Uh, you know, I, I give talks about physical diagnosis to medical students, and I, I talk about communication, as you guys probably have heard me talk about, um, for doctors. And so standing up in front of people isn't a big deal because, you know, if I'm wrong, nobody's going to die. Actually, people might die, but um, if I'm wrong, you know, I'm, I'm talking to doctors, so I guess that's actually wrong. Now I'm going to get stressed out about that too, but, um, 
Well, when I'm, when I'm preaching, I, I'm trying to channel what God has to say to, to, to you all. And if I think about it too much, I just get overwhelmed. It's like, this is too much stress. I can't be perfect. Can't say everything right. I have all these smart people out here. Um, and it's not about me impressing. And I have a secret weapon that I found in 2 Corinthians and it's 2 Corinthians 12, 9. You guys probably have heard us talk about this before. But, but it's Paul, and he's speaking to about this affliction he has. And it's kind of like me and my writer's block. Um, and it says this. He's talking about God and what he says to him about this affliction that Paul has. And he says this. My grace, it's sufficient for you. See, my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power might rest on me. See, because I know that in my weakness, in my writer's block, in my own shortcomings, in my own sinful nature, in my own biases against certain things and for certain things, that the power of Jesus Christ in me, he speaks through me to say what he wants to say, not what I want to say. And so that way, I can stand up here and, and uh, get through these sermons without freaking out about what you guys are thinking about me. Um, and here at the mission, I, I want you guys to know that, that it's not just kind of like stand up here and talk. Um, we as a teaching team, we spend a lot of time listening to God's voice. We spend a lot of time together figuring out what he wants to say in this particular time to these particular people who are in this room and in this particular city. And it's done prayerfully, it's done biblically, and it's done intentionally, and I truly hope that you're blessed by it. Um, and if not, just like I said, wait till next week. There'll be somebody up here who, who's much smarter than me. So, um, But what does God ask us to do with this stuff that's going on on Sunday mornings, with this, pr- this, this time that we spend together listening to a preacher? So again, we're going to go back to Romans and, and Paul uh, talking about, really about this message. Um, so we'll go Romans ten seventeen. It says this. Paul says, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word about Christ. So see, Paul is pointing us to the purpose of preaching. It's to bring people to faith in Jesus Christ. So faith comes from hearing this message of salvation and that Jesus died for us to give us this path to redemption and to give us this avenue to be in God's presence. And it can only be heard if we listen to it, if we really let it sink into our hearts. In Romans 16, 25 through 27, Paul says this, and this is at the end of Romans. It's just basically summing up his whole message Now to him who is able to establish you in accordance with my gospel, the message I proclaim about Jesus Christ, in keeping with the revelation of the mystery hidden for long ages past, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings. Again, this is Paul talking about kind of the prophecy of the Old Testament, the Old Testament fulfilled in Jesus. So by command of the eternal God, so that all the Gentiles might come to the obedience. Obedience is the word I want to hear, I want to underline there. Obedience that comes from faith. To the only wise God, 
be glory forever through Jesus Christ. Amen. So Paul is asking us not just to listen to the message, to hear that story of grace, to hear the salvation message, but he's also asking us to have faith in Jesus, and then, this is super important, be obedient, to take action, to do something with it. So it's not just about faith, it's about obedience. So, in a nutshell, it's like listen and be transformed. Because the power of Jesus to transform lives, even through some preacher who's standing up here who might not even know what's going to come out of his mouth sometimes, that message has been shown throughout history to be effective in helping people to grow in their faith, to grow in their obedience, to change the lives and the communities in which they are placed. And as awkward as it is for me to say it, as the guy who's standing up here, I want that for you. I want you to hear it, and I want it to change your life. So we all need it. And thankfully, I don't have to preach every week because it's hard when you, when, you have to, when you can't receive it because I need this as much as anyone. So if you hear a message and it's not challenging you in some way and to change your mind or change your behavior or transform your life, I want you to really sit there and listen and challenge yourself to, to make changes. I, I think this is, this is time well spent. So what have we learned about our habits of grace today? How can we actually make this stuff work? How can we actually make it apply to our lives? See, God is calling us to a life of community. He's calling us to experience his grace through the encouragement and correcting each other in small groups. In grow groups is what we call them here at the mission. And if you haven't joined one, this is the challenging part. I encourage you to join one. And I know it might feel awkward to talk a little bit about your own faith when you're not even sure, like you know these people, you don't even know what they're, what they're going to think of you. But you're going to grow. And when you're in encouraged in your faith and when people are willing to speak into your life and have that courageous conversation about, you know, I don't think this is the right thing for you. I don't think that's a good decision. I don't think that God would be honored by that decision. When you can have those honest conversations about your life, we need that. You need that and, and so do I. So I'm preaching to myself. And finally, I want you guys to experience the, the, the times of musical worship together and even sometimes hearing the message. So hopefully you guys will come back next week on Sunday and hear that message and listen to that music and praise God together. It doesn't matter how you sing. It doesn't matter whether you can carry a tune. Heck, I can't carry a tune sometimes. But it's just about connecting together with other believers and praising God together. That gives God the glory. It doesn't put, us on, put it on ourselves. And um, I want you guys to make it next week because Brian's going to be preaching. Brian Williams is going to be preaching and he's awesome. He's so smart and humble and wonderful and he's 
trying to make him embarrassed, but um, it's going to be awesome. So, so hopefully, um, hopefully this, uh, this time has, has been helpful for you, and uh, we're going to pray together. We're going to bring the ushers forward and uh, bring the worship team up, and uh, let's pray. God, I just thank you so much for, for this time together. Thank you so much for creating us for community. And I know that some of us are so busy that we try and shortcut it, try and get out of meeting together regularly. We try and get out of the habit of it because it's so hard. But God, I just ask that you would challenge each of us to continue to grow deeper, deeper into you and deeper into community with each other. That we would sing together on Sunday mornings and, and worship together throughout the week and, and love each other in a way that's, that's courageous, that's, co- that's a covenant relationship with each other. Uh, this is how you created us. And we thank you for that. And as the ushers come, God, we just ask that you bless what we bring to you. May you multiply it. May you make it go out from this place throughout the whole of the earth. We know we don't have much. But we know that it's you who has us. You have our hearts. And may, and may you bless what we, can, what we can give and what we can bring to you because it's all yours anyway. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You are listening to the official podcast of The Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.